Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton. I'm Connor from the House of Elk, joined by special guest Adam. Hello, Adam. Hello. And yeah, so if you've seen our discussion thread, we're doing Neil before Zod, the uh, two issues that are out so far. And uh, apologies for any technical difficulties. Um, things are falling apart, and I think Adam's on his phone, so uh, we do what we can. And there's also a fan because it's really hot. It's summer in Australia, so it's just just pretend it's the I don't know something like rain or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. No, that's that's snowing where I am. Well, yeah, I'm jealous. Anyway, we're back, people. Uh, there might be an echo of myself. I apologise. I'm not sure if I'll be able to edit it out. So, but think of it in a nice way. You get two of me. Isn't that <laughs> great? So, yeah. But yeah, Adam, this was your suggestion. This new yes. Neil Before Zod series. Won't you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, I. My feeling was that. I'm going to sound, I've kind of sounded that this is like the place where I get to be kind of very pretentious. Ooh, I like it. Um, (laughs) But my thing recently has been that I'm a bit of like a bored fan when it comes to like the Superman books right now. Yeah. I think that the policy seems to be right now to like just shovel out good, not great. Hmm. You know, to shovel out very safe things, like the pendulum's fully swung from the new 52, where now it's just like, play it safe, play it safe, don't make any waves, don't upset anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is fine, and and maybe it's part of just me, too, that I've just read so much now that I'm just, oh, I've seen that before, I've seen that before. Mm. And it's just more for new readers now, but I when this when Zod came along, it felt like, oh, this is doing something a little bit more advanced, I think. It felt to me when I first read it like, oh, this is reading more like a classic literature thing than a standard paint-by-number Superman thing. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like something that and it, by the way, like, I heard about it, like, the day before it came out. So it, it felt like something like, oh, nobody's going to pick this up, and it's great. And it felt like the thing, like, I want to celebrate right now and, and yeah. get the word out about it. Yeah, I I only read these two issues in the preview. Um, and, mm-hmm. like, I, I like it. I'm not sure what to make of it fully yet but i like it but yeah it's already engaged me more than superman or action comics has since war world mm. yeah so, exactly yeah i for the record i was reading concurrently but i'm currently behind i am up to around the time of nightfall i've read superman and action comics up to nightfall no not nightfall night terrors so I, yeah, I can't remember a single thing from Night Terrors. <laughs> yeah, I know that it's 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 got a page where it's like, hey, remember all these things from the past. Yeah, I'm, I I mean, I, I know I don't usually get events, but I got Night Terrors because I like horror, so sure. that's it really. Um, so yeah, so this this was nice, and I read the so. There's two issues of Neil Pavlozod, and there mm-hmm. is a prelude in Action Comics 1060, which you don't have to read, right? but you can read. Right. And that's kind of all I have to say about it. 
I hadn't read the Action Comics one, and I think that issue one felt like uh, like cooler pacing for me to have not to read it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, specifically, I think Zod's son, if his introduction is just in that number one, he seems like a more interesting thing. Yeah, he's kind of like... Uh, he's just a brat. <laughs> well, yeah. If you, like, I read both, and my impression was like, he's a brat, and I don't like him, and I don't like his hair. <laughs> yeah. So, have I, have I met this guy before? This isn't Chris, is it? So that's the interesting thing, is it? It is, it's the same name, uh, Lorzod, right? Right. But it's it's not Chris. I, I think that it's, the healthiest thing is to just accept this is a different character. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think Chris is coming back anytime soon. Yeah, so like, uh, Last Son, as it were, is not quote-unquote canon to this story. Correct. Yeah, okay. Great. Uh, he's canon with quotes because that term is almost meaningless at this point. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's good to know. I kind of took it as just like, oh, I didn't read Rebirth. Maybe like this is just from that, and I just sort of rolled with it. Um, yeah, he just kind of showed up in Rebirth as just, you know, he's got the yeah. family. So. And there's so we have Ursa instead of Feyora. Now, if we go back to my last Sun episode with Tyler it's funny because he on Krypton Report they did a whole episode about the difference between Feyora and Ursa and he Mm -hmm. said one of them is generally his romantic partner and the other one is more his right hand and I can't remember which one he said was which um I don't know if I agree with that from what I know I, I think Feyora's kind of been a separate thing. Yeah. Uh, until the Man of Steel movie, of course. That's, yeah. They just switched names up there for I, who knows what reason. But Feyora, from what I know, has been... She was introduced separately from Zod completely. Her first appearance is just like she's a martial artist from Krypton. Right. Slash murderer, you know. And Ursa is from Superman the movie, yeah. and it, it created to be Zod's partner. Okay. I would get my Superman encyclopedia out, but boy, it's really buried at the moment, and I think <laughs> like my podcast station would fall apart if well, I tried to grab it. All that to say, uh, Ursa is the appropriate name to use here. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, so there's, they got this little family on New Candor. It's the name mm-hmm. of the planet. Because they've already done New Krypton. So. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, I kind of like the bringing, like, in sort of Nazi imagery for Zod. And... He's like... He's hallucinating uh, Jor-El mm-hmm. and arguing with him. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, too, have you read any Zod, like, rebirth appearances? No, because... I've read when he popped up in Joshua Williamson's uh, Batman Superman run, where he yeah. got the Candor City, and I read when he popped up in Bendis' Superman run, and I barely remember it, except he, like, fought Rogelzar at some point and got yeah. beat up. That's, like, all I remember. So him getting new Kandor is from, like, a, a, a Green Lantern arc in Rebirth. Oh. Um, so I, I just kind of find that interesting, though, because my impression of this series, too, is, like, it's a perfect example of they'll reward you for knowing this kind of stuff, but you yeah. absolutely don't have to have read anything before. Okay. But it's, it's very much, it's it's not like uh, Joe Kelly is, is like, I'm ignoring everything in continuity. He's following up on everything, but in a way that you wouldn't even really notice if you didn't know. Yeah, Joe Casey. Sorry to oh, sure. correct you. Joe Casey. Um, 
Joe, because Joe Kelly is quite prolific, and they are different people. Sorry, yes. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, I should say, uh, Dan McDade is the artist, uh, David Aaron uh, Barron is the colorist, Troy Pateri is the letters, Jason Sean Alexander is the cover artist, um, there's a lot of variant cover artists, Gillian <laughs> uh, mm. Grant is the assistant editor, Paul Kaminsky is the editor. I will say I'm not that big on the artwork. Oh, I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I, think I it's, it's yeah, I can understand why you like it. It just, just doesn't do it for me. Really? No, it's just it's I too cartoony. I find it like kind of like uh, I don't know. It's it's so not like what anything else looks like right now. Yeah, it's definitely not house style. I wouldn't say it's. I didn't say it's. It, I wouldn't say it's weird either. I I think it's uh, like cartoony, but like classy. It just it just kind of lacks detail for me. But I think that works. That that kind of I don't know if if you make things kind of simplified, they're kind of more they stick out more. They're more memorable. Um, like if if we get to like you know, there's a page in issue two we'll talk about, but mm. like you know, there's it's. I think the cartooniness is is kind of uh, you know for lack of a better term I guess it makes things look kind of iconic. Yeah, it, that, I don't really get that from it uh, at all. I, like for me, it's uh, I don't like. I think it would work better if it was Superman, but even then, I don't think I would like it that much. But you know, mm-hmm. art's uh, pretty subjective, so. You know, Apple. Some people like it. Some people don't. It's not. It doesn't turn me off the book. It's perfectly sure. readable. Um, it's, but yeah, it's not. Buddy, um, what's his name? Uh, John Romita Jr. phoning it in. Sure. These days, yeah. uh, boy. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. One time, someone asked me, "It was like, what's your favorite John Romita Jr. work?" And I'm just like, "You're just asking the wrong person as someone who's <laughs> only read." I believe he's done something good. Yeah. But it's, it wasn't Superman. He did... Uh, I love his work on Daredevil. And sure. that was... Uh, probably 30 plus years ago. So... You know, that that sure, was yeah. that was when he did Daredevil. So, is in the 90s. Um, I... Yeah, like, unfortunately for Superman... I think his best stuff in Superman was probably year one in terms of yeah. art. Um, and even then it was a little bit hit and miss. But yeah, yeah it, was just it, not... it was more like Atlantis looked really cool. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of issue two specifically. Yeah. So that's the good issue of that series. And I thought the first half of issue three was good, but that that's for another time. But yeah, sure. uh, so I do like Zod arguing with Ghost Rail. Mm-hmm. And his son is getting all uppity and impatient, and they keep alluding to this thing that his son's going to have to go through. And we also have Ursa pregnant with a second child. So, yeah, who, who knows what version of Krypton they're using? Like, it just seems like an amalgamation of the 52 and Rebirth and Pre-Crisis, right. judging from Jarrell's costume. Yeah, he's in a very, uh... Like, Silver Age. Silver Age, yeah, look. Yeah. Which I, I love, but Yeah, it's, no, that's fine for me. <clears throat> it's, um... And, and uh, you know, like you mentioned, it's not the real Jor-El. But it's it's just very much like a manifestation of... Well, I hope it's not the real Jor-El. past, I guess, <laughs> yeah. Could be getting Oz 2.0, uh... But... Yeah, no, I, I doubt it's the real Jor-El. Yeah. Um, yeah, it reminded me of that scene in Man of Steel where he's arguing with uh, AI Jarrell. Mm. Um, I really, I that what was it, like... it, that's what is confusing is that's like the Jarrell we kind of know the most, but yeah. But yeah, and I, I like Zod. Uh, Zod's characterization is just—I uh... said Zod's one of those characters who's gotten better with age, especially in the modern era, where he's become a bit more of a complicated character than just, rah, I rule everything. You know, like, he has purpose Mm -hmm. and reasons 
uh, for his actions, so... Right. Post, like, uh, new Krypton, really, is when he really started... Personality started to shine. Yeah. And I think he... I think he, it began in, like, Last Sun, New Krypton, but then it sort of... Sure. Um, yeah. And then it snowballed from there. Yeah, yeah. He's been getting better and better. Yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, the... Do you have do you have an opinion overall mm. on like a a series focused on for a villain as a protagonist? Uh, I think it's great. Yeah, oh, I'm good. totally <laughs> down for that. Uh, I loved Luther, for instance, uh, the the Brian Azzarello story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I, I like it, that. It depends on the villain, but I think like Superman villains are all strong enough characters to carry a mini-series on their own, or right. a title, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that, and I very much love that they're very s- strong on, he's going to remain a villain in this series. Yes, I did read uh, part of an interview where the writer's like, I am making Zod a villain again. Yeah. Like, he, he, he mentioned stuff like, oh... He was meeting Clark on a farm, and he has a family, and that was super weird. So, I think like DC wants him to be a villain again, and this guy's going to do it. And I'm fine with that. Like, I get that we want character development, but I also just don't yes. mind Zod being a bad guy because he's. But it's, it's yeah, it's gone. Well, he is a bad guy. Like you can you yeah. can sympathize with with his motivations. He wants to say he's Krypton, but. He is a Nazi, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very much a thing of, like... One, I think villains become redundant if they turn... Like, you know, if, if you look at it as now they're on this side of the fence. Yeah. You know. Um, and two, it's like... This is... It's just not the time, or maybe it's never the time, obviously, to be like... No, actually, this, this fascist dictator is kind of sweet. Yeah. He's actually kind of wholesome if you think about it. Yeah, you could, like, there's a line between sympathetic and... Right, right. You know, so I, like, uh, Zod and Man of Steel. I sympathize with him. He still right. wanted to genocide the human race. <laughs> but I sympathize right. with the fact that he lost his planet, and that was his purpose, was to protect his planet. But that doesn't mean... Yes. Just because you sympathize with someone or understand their motivations, that doesn't mean they should be a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know? So... Yeah. I, I feel like it was, like, a very... A, a non-productive piece of advice, like, years ago, when it was it was said over and over, like, oh, your character has to be likable. Yeah. Which, it's, it's just not really the case. They just have to be... Especially villains. Engaging, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. villains do not have to be likable. In fact, you should. Right. You, there's an argument for like you should hate your villain because you want them to fail, right? You want the hero to succeed. So, and this mm-hmm. is also a problem with like endless comic storytelling is like how much can certain characters really develop? But right, yeah, that's that's a problem too, and it's especially with Superman stuff too. Yeah, it's because all a lot of Superman fans just want to see like the same thing over this, and over. You, right. Well, they want they want that, and they want. And Superman believes this person can be good, and they believe this person can be good, and they want him to be correct, too. Yeah. So that's why, like, Parasite right now, for example, it was just like the next issue, he's just a good guy. You know what I mean? Superman, like, a cornerstone of Superman's character was never, to me, like, about redemption, per se. As in, like, I'm sure he can help people redeem themselves, but he's not... Luke Skywalker, you know what I mean? Where mm. that really is a cornerstone of his character. So, like, Superman is always... Like, that's not his purpose, if that makes sense. And I'm, I'm someone who doesn't go into the whole hope meme that he's become uh, in the past decade sure. or so. so. To me, it's like, that's all well and good if he believes in redemption. Yeah. But it's also like, it's that kind of idea has kind of been abused in yeah it happens too modern much. writing it's it's yeah. too frequent and it's it's also like it's more interesting to talk about how that that process 
And it's very simplified process in comics, obviously. Yeah. And it's it's it it comes too easy, and it's doesn't it doesn't it never feels true. It more feels like we want this character to be more marketable. You know what I mean? It's got to the point where it's done like it's gone in a circle, and now villains are more interesting if they're irredeemable as opposed to. Right being redeemable which was supposed to make right. them more interesting you know so uh yeah you're absolutely right with zod though like i don't mind him having a character arc and being mm-hmm. more heroic but in my head like zod's just well, better as a villain here's the thing too i think is that people mistake progress and and development as like cured you yeah. know what i mean like because if, if all this development he had a family got a kid he created a new planet he kind of like came to agreed on terms with superman but he went through all that development but like if if his planet came in in conflict with earth he would have no problem killing every human on earth yeah yeah and he's he's still like that that's never been out of care yeah yeah so you know i want I want Zod to be a dark mirror to Superman, and he can still sure. be an interesting, fleshed-out character while serving that purpose. And mm-hmm. I like I am enjoying this series. Like I, I like reading a book where a bad guy just goes around kicking ass. You know, um, mm-hmm. like it's satisfying to watch Zod rip apart these, you know, Kund invaders in terms mm-hmm. of like action. Because, obviously, yeah. he used to heroes holding back and stuff, but Zod doesn't care. He's not Superman. You know, he's not going to pull his punches. We're just going to see a Kryptonian go ham <laughs> on yep. his enemies. Yeah, that that did feel like to me, like... and the, I don't think that they were trying to do this, but it, it, it was like, oh, you guys kind of like these dark Superman, like Omni-Man and... Yeah. You know, yeah, right. it's like, well, we do... We do have Zod, guys. It doesn't have to be evil. The OG. Injustice Superman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So, like, evil Clark Kent, not interesting. Zod, interesting. Yeah. You know? There are already evil characters with that powers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're completely right. Zod's already an example of, like, someone who doesn't restrain their power. Someone who doesn't use mm-hmm. it for the, for the greater good. He's just not And on top that of that, yeah, has, has a, a status... Yeah. As a general, as a leader, yeah. Like I would, I would watch a Zod movie before I watched a Omni Man movie or a Homelander movie. You know. Oh, absolutely. Um, but we're pretty biased, I guess. Or Brightburn too. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, we are biased, obviously. But at the same time, it's our character that they're constantly ripping off, right? So. Right. Yeah. I feel like we have a little bit of, uh, you know, right to say how we feel. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, uh, he banishes his son. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, the son's just going full on brat mode, and Zod's like, you need to listen, punk. And uh, yeah, he, I think, I think the idea is what like every Zod goes through some sort of trial of hardship. Yeah, so it, um, it's it's a punishment for him crossing a line. Yeah, but they they do also say like. Zod almost doesn't even seem that angry with him. No. He almost seems like this is an excuse to start putting you through this trial. Basically part of his parenting, really. Yes. Yeah. Because, like, I think I think he always knew that he was going to be disobeying him and stuff, so... Mm-hmm. Because he's like, I felt that too. Which, honestly, in a... In a... In a this is obviously... Zod's over the line and, and yeah. an extreme version... But I do kind of get like um, that thing of like I I have to punish my son sometimes, yeah. and then I turn my back and I start cracking up at some, you know something yeah. he did. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't let him know that I'm I'm like kind of laughing behind the scenes, but I do have yeah. to. He does have to go in timeout for what he did. Well, yeah. I mean, Zod's, Zod's logic makes complete sense here as well. Like, it's not it's not mustache twirling like pointless cruelty. It's like, oh, his logic is, you know, the strong survive. That's how the Zods become, mm. you know, accomplished 
uh, warriors and generals and stuff, he's, they got to fend for themselves. And Zod's, he says, like, I see that you're going to be living a life of privilege as a spoiled brat. And he's right, <laughs> to be honest, about, I think, where yeah. his son's going, because his son is kind of a brat. So, mm-hmm. not that I'm endorsing this parenting, but I get right. the logic. We, we understand it's, it's an extreme version of a, a real parenting thing. Yeah. Um, did you know, too, that it's, it's not, that Zod Jr. has, like, a spin-off book? Yeah, I saw an ad for it, uh, Sinister Sons. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I could stomach reading that, but it's cool that no, that I'm exists. No, I'm not gonna, uh, gonna read it. It's, it's just not for us, but it's, no. yeah, it's out there. Yeah. Yeah, I do like Zod hallucinating Superman. I'm interested to see where this is going. Uh, you know, why Zod sort of... Yeah, I I thought about that panel for a while yesterday when I reread mm. this because it was like, it's not like he hasn't seen combat before. Yeah. So it's not. It's it it, it reads as it's as, as if it's like PTSD, but for specifically Superman, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which like, is it just seems odd for someone who's supposed to be like a a grizzled war. Like, none of the wars bothered him, but Superman does. That's kind of interesting to think about, you know? It could be that, like, he's... He gets a sense that he's let Superman change who he inherently is. That might mm. be where it's going. Um, yeah. Because we know this is a backwards redemption arc. Uh, you know? Yeah. Where he'll be finding his villainous roots again. So... Uh, because, like, the whole thing is his son and his wife, Ursa, they're both doubting him. They're like, you've gone soft. Mm-hmm. Now, Zod doesn't seem like he's soft to me, but to them, he seems yeah, soft. Yeah, by their standards <laughs> of crazy Kryptonian, they, yeah, he's soft. Yeah. Because, essentially, because he's only tearing people apart with his bare hands instead of doing a nuke. Yeah. Which, to me, is like... Because they get... This is fishy, too, but they get up him because it's like, why aren't you using your super weapon on these raiders? And showing mm-hmm. them our strength, and he's like, well, I want to save the super weapon. It's part of a bigger plan, and they just, for whatever reason, that logic to them is soft. To me, it makes perfect sense. He, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does make sense, like, strategically, too. Yeah, guys. it does. Like, I don't... <laughs> but, I don't... It, but, yeah, they think that, no, you used to just lay down the hammer on everything. Yeah. So, you know, the good old Kuns up to no good. <laughs> the presence of the United Planets is interesting as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, they're a bit shady. Well, in, in this case, are they shady, though? Or is it? are they supposed to be, like, I mean, of the logical universe compared to Zod, you know what I mean? Well, he does mention that they have their own, like, quote-unquote rogue military forces that are everywhere. And we see that mm. exactly with the Kuns. Like, you know, they're not officially sanctioned by the government, but they kind of are, you know? That's that's the impression I get, like... Okay. Uh, it's not quite a cold war between them all, but, like, it is not the perfect utopia alliance that they want themselves to be. Like, they still have My... their... Yeah. Like, mutually assured destruction, right? He says that yes. at one point. And it, I get that vibe from it. So, but I haven't read everything with the United Planets in it, to be fair. So. I, I haven't either. I, I recently learned that they're in the Green Lantern stuff right now. Yeah. Who's writing that? Uh, I don't know. Okay. J- Jeremy Adams, maybe? Oh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's doing um, oh, yeah. John Stewart. I right. don't know who's doing Hal Jordan. Yeah. Um, But... It, I read the, the, if we're talking about just the Zod book, I read it as Zod, you know, he, he just doesn't believe in the whole he definitely peace doesn't. thing, really. Um, I, I, I felt like Zod was supposed to be wrong here, hmm. but you could absolutely be right that there are <laughs> secret armies and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, I mean, Zod doesn't believe in, like, a peace between all these people. I think he believes, like, only one person can truly right. establish a kingdom and peace, because otherwise you have to worry about politics and backstabbing 
and you know the, the classic sort of dictator logic, right? Right. So, which I should be dictator at DC and Marvel, by the way. Just saying, hire me. <laughs> I'll control the output of your comics. So, but um, yeah. So I capture a quid to torture. If if everyone just did my like fan fiction, everything would be fixed, really. <laughs> Yeah. God, if if I did it, oh no, people would hate me. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, so, like, a, there's a Kund raid, and I like what they're doing with, like, the natives of the planet. They're sort mm-hmm. of, like... So, yeah, so, again, that that is, like, a, a rebirth Green Lantern thing. Right. But, yeah, go on. Well, just interesting how they're sort of influencing them to become like this loyal warrior culture mm-hmm. you know and like guarding their evolution to become like these killing machines and zod is like they haven't done much with it but i feel like zod could be setting himself up as like their god king yeah um they're very primitive they still have spears yeah um and they're and now they're fighting alongside like eradicator robots yeah yeah, he is using the Eradicator technology. I don't know if he's using, like, the Eradicator himself, or just... Yeah. Uh, See, the... Oh, can we just say, too, those things look so cool. Oh, yeah, I like them. The, the evil Superman robots, basically. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you'd have to give it up, even if you don't like the style. Um, Dan McDavid is, like, really good at, like, design. Mm. Yeah, I love the design. Yeah. No, my only problem with the art is just the cartoonishness and lack of detail. Sure. But it's not like it's not a major problem. But it's no, something that gives me a little bit of pause. Uh, yeah, it's not my sure. taste. Um, but yeah, so we have issue two, and we have a preview for action. Yeah, a bit of a confession here. Once Philip Kennedy Johnson stopped Action Comics, I cancelled my Action Comics subscription. That's saw fine. Jason Aaron was on it, and I'm like, you know what? Jason Aaron has done one comic that I didn't consider mediocre or bad. And for those interested, mm. it's the Fat Cobra issue of Iron Fist. It's a one shot. Mm. Anything else Jason Aaron has done, he's just consistently disappointed me. So I'm just like, if he's on Superman, that means I get to save some money. <laughs> sure. And he's on it for what, three issues? Okay, so either way, maybe? I need to save money. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> no, it's that's what I'm talking about though. Action comics right now is just it's not must um, read. No, it's it's they you know they made it in an anthology series, yeah. which to me is like that plus putting all those backups in action when you you know you and me know I don't know I think you edited oh, out yeah, the podcast the but like Philip Kennedy Johnson didn't want to do that. He wanted it to, you know, pertain to the main story. Yeah. Um, but it, it felt like they were on a mission to make action feel like supplementary Superman stuff, and they succeeded in doing that. It feels like I hate to describe stories that's unimportant. Yeah. But it's it's also unimportant in that it's not saying anything new. Yeah. Well, they don't like. Uh, it's just oh, Superman fights Bizarro again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that, I, I could go on yeah. a whole rant about that, but that's why I'll, I'll always say, be more interested yeah. in miniseries now than ongoing. You know? Yes, yes. Um, and that is interesting though. Why is a miniseries good, but a three-issue arc? Well, it's isn't. just it's just they are. It's a lot of money to get all the Superman stuff. Boy, I'm yeah. glad I'm not a Batman fan because that would be even more. But yeah. You know, it is a lot of money, and I just, I couldn't keep up financially. Something had to go, and... Yeah. You know, I'm reading these comics, and, like, I'm just... I'm not enjoying them that much to the extent as I don't even bother reading them when I get them now. Like, I'll just read them later, you know? So why am I buying them? Uh, (laughs) And I'm just not getting anything. Yeah, I'm just feeling like malaise when it comes to DC, at least. Um... I've really just found it best to Don't get to just... me started on Marvel. <laughs> well, I, I don't read any Marvel either. Yeah. I, so my system now is I just read Superman comics because I'm like, well, that's my guy. Yeah. And let's be honest, like, it is fun to just, like, keep up through good and bad yeah. sometimes, too. 
And then everything else, I'm I'm trying to support indie, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's fair. Um, like I'll I'll keep track of Superman, and when it looks for action, I should say if it looks interesting, then I'll make the effort to pick it up. But at this mm-hmm. moment, honestly, trade buying is just more economic. Um, Do you have like a a person in mind? Like, oh, that's who I'll pick up action for is when this person is on it. Uh, besides Grant Morrison, not really. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, it's just, I, I intake a lot of media, um, sure, yeah, you have to make cuts at some point, like, I, I'm as passionate about literature, like, sorry, uh, prose, poetry, Mm -hmm. whatever, as I am about comics, same with film, so, when I was younger, it was all comics, but I don't have the time that I did. And also, I can quickly identify content that's just not... That doesn't stand out enough to warrant me getting it, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. So, absolutely. I'm like, I have to read every single issue of, you know, Superman. But now it's like, okay, I could... I'm looking at this Jason Aaron Bizarro arc. I don't need to read it. Yes. You know, I'll probably read it at some point later. But, like, I just... Life is short. I want to be ingesting the best things possible. You know. <laughs> no, that's that's a that's a very healthy attitude, I think. Yeah. So, but I used to I not be like a, that. It feels like sometimes we're just in a, in a curse of like, yeah, being kind of superhero fans. Is it they do <laughs> kind of pressure you in a weird way? Oh, absolutely. Uh, to pick up everything, and that's why I think the healthiest thing to do is just hey, pick one guy. Yeah. Stick to that. Mainly, you know, pick Superman, and then just stick to that instead of trying to pick up the whole mm. universe stuff. Yeah. They absolutely do pressure you, even within Superman. They pressure you to pick up the other issues. I bought all the Son of Kal-El tie-ins. No, sorry, not. I bought all of the Kal-El Returns tie-ins, and they were completely unnecessary. Right. They didn't tie into the main right. story at all. I got ripped off DC. Thanks. So, you know. Um, yeah. anyway, let's move on to issue two, um, mm-hmm. and let's see, I'll just get it up here, awesome cover for issue two as well, yeah, it's like the sort of classic Superman cover except it's Zod and he's blowing people up, and yeah, Sinister Sons, uh, yeah, like, a. I think I know people that'd be interested in that, but it's not me. Right. No, like I said, it's just not, it's not for us. It's, I find it funny that the... one of them's Sinestro's kid, though. <laughs> yeah, weird, but who else would it be, I guess? <sighs> yeah. I, I guess saw, it would I be funny if it was... Too. It's like, there's not really anyone I mean, it could be else. Damien again, that would be pretty funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> Damien kills people, or he used to, so... Yeah. Know. But, yeah. but also, it, I don't know, it, it's, it works that they're both in space, I guess, too. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so they're torturing this Kund, uh, or Ursa is, she's like the torture mistress. And she burns his brain, like she cooks his brain, slowly. Which is pretty cool. And... Mm-hmm. But they just electrocute him, which like, is like less. It cool. goes back to again that that's you're not going to see Superman use his powers that way. No, so might as well but you can't. They can be used this way. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out that the Kuns are planning, like, quote unquote, not sanctioned Kuns are planning to invade. Uh, well, to be fair, I think these Kuns don't like their leader. So there's a bunch of disgruntled kuns that are going to invade this planet because they want the super weapon. How did they mm-hmm. find out about the super weapon? We don't know. And yeah, this is where we get into like this issue is where we get to the argument of like, why aren't you blowing them up with the super weapon? Why are you yeah. messing around? Um. Can we talk about, too, uh, the, uh, the page I was referring to earlier is the, the page of his base. That's cool. I really that like it. Giant, that, yeah, <laughs> you got to give it up for that. Oh, totally. No, it's great. Um, and I love that the it's giving the planet itself, like, personality. Yeah. Like, it's 
it, it very much it, it reads to me like it, it reminded me kind of like of like he-man if that makes sense yeah like it, it looks like a building in terms of like it, it looks like a building designed that is like oh i want to have that play set yeah because <laughs> it, it's it's like a it's it looks like a giant zod kind of or it's a it's giant like, eradicator yeah. maybe more like because like the only thing that would make that better if it was like a giant zod because uh, I, I love like maniacs right. with giant statues themselves yeah so it's it's got his giant z in the middle obviously yeah. Um, yeah. But it also it it just looks like a general like robot shape. Yeah. Oh, it looks awesome. It does. And you notice that the whole thing of with this planet is that it has two yellow suns. Right. So are they um, like turbocharged or? I think so. I think that was part of the story in the Green Lantern right. arc, if I'm remembering right. Um, but all all to say though, this page really makes it look like this. This planet that we're spending time in is not just a generic alien planet. No. It's like this is this is a very specifically flavored planet, which I yeah. I love that they went through that effort. Yeah, totally. We have the Eradicator factory, and uh, I love the natives with the Zod shields and spears, mm -hmm. which are like no match for Kund, you know, laser weapons. But yeah. But we don't know how strong these guys are. That's true. I don't think they're super I gotta, strong. But... I gotta go back to the Green Lantern uh, arc, because they, right. they, they can't be nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he talks about how they were bred for war and everything. Right, so yeah. I think they are. They're, they're obviously, and they're, they're really selling that these are just kind of numbers to throw at the enemy. But yeah. I do think that they they do something. We get the inside of the Kun ship, which reminds me of, like, a Klingon ship on the inside. It's got really mm. spiky furniture. Uh, but, yeah, this is where we get the argument. And then Ursa, like, hits him. And she's like, I know you've changed. And, you know, if you don't start showing, like, the Zod qualities, then there's going to be a change in leadership. It's basically what this scene boils down to. Yeah. But it seems like she doesn't even want that. She wants Zod back. Yeah. Is this a, is Where's the man I fell like in love with? Right. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but yeah. Because <laughs> I felt like at first it was going to be like a, oh, I've been aiming for power. But it yeah. is just her kind of manipulating from the second seat. Yeah. So I love that she says the first thing that he built was the throne with the Z on it. Um, mm -hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, he's got he's got the right priorities in my in my book, but hey. Uh, but she smashes the throne and says it means nothing. So uh, she's like, you have to go rally the troops. So Zod goes and rallies them, and he makes a speech and he's like, you know, you fight for Zod. He ends the speech with that. Uh, I by the way, yeah. I'm not. I'm not like full on recapping, doing an in-depth recap because I I, no, I, 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 I like that we're being vague about it because yeah. I, I want to promote the series to. Yeah, it's worth reading. Read it. So yes. I would suggest reading it. Um, you know, especially like if you like Superman, if you like Zod, if you like Superman villains or Superman adjacent universe, then like just something different. Or, there's, there's a good amount of Superman fans who are like, I'm not sold on Zod. I think for a lot of people, Zod huh. weirdly became the face of, like, I wish that more villains would be put in movies. Yeah. Like, once he was in a second movie, people were like, Zod's overused. Yeah. <laughs> um, which really isn't fair to the character Zod in no. this comic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think people have to remember as well. We haven't really gotten that many <laughs> Superman movies, um, so right. Well, it it doesn't help. So, really, the problem when people talk about like, oh, all we get is Lex and Zod. It's it's because all we get is Lex three, and Zod. <laughs> super, right. Well, it's because like Superman three, they didn't really use a villain, right? A classic villain. They had like four. Half they used nuclear man. Right. Yeah, and Lex. Uh, Returns was just Lex again. Yeah. Uh, 
and then Zod again, right? Yeah. To be fair, like, I think, yeah, the villains in 3 and 4 felt really lazy. Like, they just, there's villains in the comics right. that they wouldn't use. But for the newer ones, we can argue about their execution, but I understand using Zod and Lex, because they are yes. two important Zod, villains to Superman. They just, but they also just, they make sense to use. Like, yeah. if, you're, if you're doing, like, a, a Superman number one. Yeah. They uh, both make they, a lot of sense. They used, yeah, they make sense to use in an early career sense. Mm. But any and all that to say, if if you're like I feel kind of on Zod, I think this issue or these this series will do a good job of showing you why he's exceptional. Yeah. Yeah, and like I, I get Zod fatigue because, but I, I think a lot of that can come from like. I really want to see these other guys, but we just don't see right. them. Right, right. Um, that, that's that's where Zod hate comes from. Yeah. Is, is they just wish... Brainiac or Their fan theories, were, or their fan fiction was kind of coming true. Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of people even just, like, want different Phantom Zoners, but I think this issue, th- this series shows, like, the thing that makes Zod cool is not only... He's an evil Kryptonian, another one. It's that it's his status that comes along with it. It's his yeah. family, it's his being a leader, being a general, having an army that works under him also yeah. goes along, you know. And and having a status when Krypton was around. And again, he's a really um, good mirror to Superman. He's an oppressor. Right. You know? Right. It's the opposite. <laughs> right. And frankly, all, I think all the other Phantom Zoners are evil scientists, which yeah. is covered. Yeah, we have that with Lex. No, yeah, I think Zod's easily the best Phantom Zoners, and I love the Phantom King, but um, I love the Phantom King in that one issue, but he hasn't done much outside of it. Right, but, yeah. right, exactly. Um, I, he, I, when Grant Morrison writes somebody, yes, of course they're going to get love <laughs> later, but... yeah. Yeah, but, um, I really like these issues. There were, again, I wasn't huge on the art, but the composition is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing's really good. I'm interested, like, interested enough to read more, which is, again, like, as I said, getting rare. Can't be bothered nice. reading my issues yeah. when I pick them up, so, you know. These are issues I would read uh- as they come out. <clears throat> So, speaking of, like, you were like, oh, yeah, I read lots of prose and stuff. Oh, I'm so well-read. I'm so much smarter than you, Adam, is pretty much what you're saying. Okay, well, <laughs> I said that off-air, but we can just bring it up now. Sure. Um, have you have you read, like, much like Shakespeare? Yes and no. I read okay. a lot of it for school. And I have the complete Shakespeare that I am planning to read, but I haven't started yet. Uh, okay. Generally, like, so I, I was just going to say, yeah. like, I'm trying to see, trying to see Shakespeare plays, and then before I see them, I'll read the play, and then go okay. see it. So, but I, I'm familiar enough. Go on. Right. I, I was thinking, I, I pretty much like had read, you know, the basics like Hamlet and, yeah. like you said, like some stuff for school. I've read king lear but like yeah so i kind of knew enough to be like oh i'm picking out some shakespeare vibes i kind of see you know a mad king plus manipulative wife i'm kind of like oh i kind of get it so i said this to um i'll shout out like my friend mabinti on twitter i'm like um you kind of read shakespeare right like this is kind of shakespearean is it not mm-hmm. and she was kind of like oh yeah it it's very much like uh, Coriolanus, which I was like, what the hell's Coriolanus? <laughs> I had, I kind of had to eat crow and be like, I don't even know that. Yeah, I, I don't know that play either. Work. So I listened to, uh, I found, you know, an audio play and listened to it at work this week. And so here's the story of Coriolanus. He was a real, like, kind of like, um, Julius Caesar. It's, it's Shakespeare writing about a real, Roman um, leader. Yeah. Okay. So it takes place in 
it's like they just overthrew the kings. So Rome is essentially, it's a new system, okay? Yeah. Much like Zod is on a fair, recently new planet. Yeah. Uh, Coriolanus was a, an, a general who's a war hero, and it's all about how it kind of doesn't translate to becoming a, a leader. Like, then he gets elected uh, to be, like, a you know, official leader. Yeah. And it, 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 it it's all about, I'm, I'm obviously I'm summarizing and, yeah. and I just read it. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. Just listened to it this week, but it's all about how Coriolanus, this leader, this war hero came into power and has came into power by the way, because his mother was like, you have to do this. Yeah. So again, you could say like Ursa is the mother character. And is very much like it's about him not uh, wavering, trying to be strong, 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 seeing the people as kind of these poor, you know, doesn't doesn't care about the poor um, because they didn't participate in military service. Uh, So very much like in my mind, when that's kind of adds to like the. Okay. The natives of, of New Candor kind of being like these primitive kind of people. Yeah. And all Zod sees in the value is just like your bodies to throw. Yeah. I And it's yeah. It's, it's very much like um about how Coriolanus then becomes a villain. Uh mm. because he just gets disdain for democracy. Yeah. And so I think that's very much what joe casey is doing is i I think he's just he's retelling coriolanus in with superman pieces which is awesome (laughs) that would be interesting oh yeah i guess we'll have to see where it goes because i yeah yeah but like we said i think they're trying to reestablish him as a villain yeah and i think it's going to be a very similar arc where it's just like and and ursa the, the struggle here is that Ursa wants him to be more like uh, Coriolanus in that he doesn't budge on things. And he's just yeah. hard, hard, hard. <laughs> and that so that's going to be the arc is just getting growing disdain for the United Planets, which would rep- represent, represent sort of democracy, you know. Yeah, or like you know, a, a more a more liberal system, I guess. Not if not like democracy. Yeah. Um, and just have him turn into a villain again. Yeah. So I I, I think that's like I said again, like this is where I'm going to be pretentious. But if you have to choose between Superman fights Bizarro again or Superman fights Brainiac again, and it's oh like, look at this, it's a big event here's this character, here's this character, here's this character, versus somebody doing a Shakespeare comic, it's... Well, one of them, yeah. Of those three things you listed, one's definitely more uncommon than the other two. <laughs> so, right, exactly. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and not only that, but it's like, that's where money should go, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know what? Because I'm all for it too, like, sometimes you just want to relax and buy... Watch someone punch yeah, something, something, or read someone yeah, punch right. something. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's it's like you do. I I just I want to see this rewarded. You're right because it's more rare, and it's 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 trying to do something kind of. It all yeah. It it all comes down to. It's doing something different, and it's trying to say something, and that's right. That's always more appealing, and or just something that's. Maybe that lends itself to being well written. I don't know, but yeah, I, I get it, and that's what attracts me to Superman stories these days. Because like, if you're a long time fan like us, you kind of read all the standard stuff. So right. you know, now we have to look for more different things, unique things outside the box things, which is why probably why we love Grant Morrison so much because he always finds a right. way to yeah, they do kind of stuff prove, like. There is new ideas you can do with Superman. Yeah. You don't have to be, hey, here's, you know, it because even Morrison got kind of a reputation of like, 
repeating Silver Age stuff, but he doesn't really. It's it's more. He like, absolutely doesn't. Yeah. Right. Like he um, uses stuff from the Silver Age, but he doesn't and, just retell and, stories. Yeah. And to me, the the modern Bizarro arc is just repeating. Yeah. Brainiac Bizarro stuff. Yeah. And we 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 have great Bizarro stuff. Right. There's a ton of Bizarro stuff. <laughs> I was There's really more Bizarro stuff than Zod stuff. <laughs> I I looked up recently. Like, does Bizarro kind of Loki have more like more appearances than Lex? And it, he doesn't, not by half. But yeah. like, he's got more like dedicated stories to him. I think. I'd say like, he'd be arcs. he'd be like behind Lex, maybe. That wouldn't surprise right. me. But he he might be second, Hammer Brainiac. Yeah. Or Metallo, maybe. I guess Metallo is kind of recent though, quote unquote. Yeah. So. By recent, I mean like the sixties or fifties. Can't yes, remember he, which he one. He didn't but... show up a lot, and like he had, he has large gaps. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, these are really good issues. I recommend mm-hmm. them. Um, if you know, let us know what you guys have thought of these issues. I don't think we got any feedback. Um, I'll be catching up once I think I catch up on. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Because I. I Superman and Constantine's like my dream team up, so I'm very keen to get to the end of Johnson's run because it looks like that's at the end. Mm. But, yeah, so um, yeah, it's it's still Philip Kennedy Johnson. He, you know, I think we both agree that he's done great stuff. I don't think he hit the peak of World World blah, War World. Yeah, he 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 didn't come close to that again. Honestly, right. I think he thrives. He thrives with space stuff more than he does. Uh, in Metropolis. Metropolis, sadly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll I'll be finding out either way. Uh, I kind of enjoy Williamson's Parasite arc just because of Parasite zombies. Even if I didn't really like the artwork and thought it was a bit thin. Not the artwork, just like the. It just felt like there wasn't much there like there was parasite zombies and that was it it's, but yeah um, it's, it, that's, it's what i've been talking <laughs> yeah yeah but uh you know uh looking forward to dark terror but yeah for the future i don't know what i'll be covering next or who will be on i believe in march ray and i are doing panic in the sky a listener request uh, for that listener, I'm sorry for any negative words I'll say, because I don't really like Panic yeah. in the Sky. But I don't really like Panic in the Sky either. I'm so happy. <laughs> I don't. I really don't want to be too negative this episode, but like, <laughs> um, I thought it was incredible that they messed up. I thought it was incredible that they made Panic in the Sky boring and had the worst Brainiac ever. I thought that was yeah. like impressive. That's what. But... That's the thing is, I love. I like Brainiac, obviously. And when I'm like, these are the best Brainiac stories, people are like, oh, and don't forget Panic in the Sky. It's like, I didn't forget he it. Did, he didn't do anything in Panic in the Sky. Yeah, he was just like... He had a mustache. There, He was there for an excuse for cameos to show up. Yeah. I, I don't... Whatever. Um, but I, have you asked Ray about this series? Because isn't he... I did. Is he, is, he, is he legitimately a Zod guy, or was that just kind of more of a bit? <laughs> uh, no, he's a Zod guy. Like, as a reason he chose Zod as his as uh-huh. his patron or but um he just he's had another kid not ray himself sure. ray's partner has had a child and sure he just hasn't had time to read it but i think he'd like it tell him my very smart observation about shakespeare and that'll probably change his mind well i don't know i don't know if ray's read much shakespeare he probably has but uh not sure but like well uh is this a mini series or is this an ongoing? I believe this is a mini. Okay. Um, let me look at a cover. Oh yeah, it doesn't have like a one of six or anything on there. But I, I, I feel I think it's around that area where it's going to be six or seven. Well, we'll probably be discussing this again on the show. So hopefully Ray right can on. join us or leave some feedback when we do. Um. So yeah, well, Adam. It was good having you on. Uh, do you have anything you want to advertise? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Adam's on Twitter. Uh, he posts Superman stuff, and I agree with him like sixty-two percent of the time. Sixty-two. Probably higher, actually. 
Um, no, probably more like seventy-eight. What's, what's, to be fair. No, give me give me something that you the least amount you've agreed with. Let's have a, like a mini debate real quick. Uh, all right, let me go to your Twitter page. I haven't posted much recently. Hey, you've been you've just been stealing other people's tweets. I see. Uh, we we agree that Panic in the Sky isn't that good. I mean, we don't disagree on much. To be fair, I think our disagreement probably comes from stuff like the Kents, if that. Or, like, Lois Lane is probably what we disagree on the most. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, if I was... The p- these people would be mad at me if I started running Superman. So I would kill her off. I wouldn't That's do it, insane. I wouldn't that, do it permanently. That... It would not be permanent. She'd be back in, like, seven issues. But I want to have an arc where, like, he... Superman doesn't have any emotional crutches to support him. I want to show That's that Superman stupid. can stand on his own. <laughs> people don't know that, Adam. Uh, that's the that's the whole thing is emotions is the driving thing. No, I don't. But I don't story. like that. I don't like that. That falls into the whole hope thing, which I disagree with completely. No, um, I don't think it does. Superman didn't need uh, that at the start. Did <clears throat> you know, he fought for? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I don't know that. What are you talking about? Alright, so what Can do you mean by emotions? So, somebody once asked Jerry Siegel, he's like, why do you think Superman is still around? And he essentially said, like, oh, because the appeal to me was the Lois and Clark dynamic. Wow. You know what I mean? He he His whole appeal was, you know, that, you know, he was a 16-year-old boy writing Superman, so his, yeah. his whole thing was, like, he loved that girls couldn't see past the glasses and when you tear off the shirt then it's like the hey look okay i'll like oh i'll correct myself a bit i love the lois slash clark slash superman dynamic i don't care but that for hasn't the... Been the case for yeah I, don't, I just don't care for superman having a regular family and with no drawbacks like uh you know sure like what's no the drawbacks is a good point. It's yeah. like it's like Grant Morrison said in the Superman Now pitch. It's like Superman has such a cozy life. There's no tragedy whatsoever, and all the greatest heroes have tragedy in their lives. You know, that's um, fair. And tragedy is like an important catharsis. Like I'm not trying to be edgy or grim dark, but it's like reading about tragedy is a cathartic experience. They're the two first genres: tragedy and comedy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so it's like. Well, hey, do you know what you read if you want? dysfunctional family kind uh, of a meaner wife and uh well i've read absent son uh, greek theater um, <laughs> so, no you what? read freaking neil before zod dude yeah exactly come back to neil before zod so <laughs> you know um yeah good well stuff. i guess yeah it's good stuff and i guess we don't disagree on much then because my issue's more with the superman you family status like... quo and not Lois you always herself. tend to be just like more extreme than me yeah <laughs> uh but i'm not more extreme than you but i'm not as extreme as a lot of people on the internet uh if sure. the cancer are alive i'll take it i'm not gonna flip out about it i'll just be like all right it's still superman so sure um but yeah it bugs me a bit more than it bugs you but uh yeah that's the only thing i can think of all right Oh, and who didn't you like? You didn't like Mongol before Warworld, right? No, I've always liked Mongol. I I don't like Conduit. Uh, I'm not I'm not a big cyborg Superman person. People love that guy. I he's just the Terminator. <laughs> like they just, yeah. Dan Jurgens just made him the Terminator. It's like yeah, with a really goofy backstory. Um, his his motive doesn't really work for me, and it's, it's, very it's kind convoluted. of that thing. Is it that also seems like the most dated '90s thing is when people are like, "He's evil because he's insane." Every other, you know what I mean? every other not Superman is better than was better than um, Cyborg Superman. He is the worst one. Yes, yes. I feel a lot of like I feel to Cyborg Superman what I was saying. People feel like towards Zod. When they're like, well, I like all these other Kryptonians better. Well, I, you know, I like the 20 other Superman, evil Superman, better than Cyborg Superman. Yeah. Totally. 
But anyway, we can wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up. Uh, so yeah, Adam's on Twitter. He 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 says stuff. I'm on Twitter too. I retweet pictures of Clark Kent dressed as a gorilla, and I post podcast episodes sometimes. So mm-hmm. yeah, until next time. Uh, you know, read Neil before Zod, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Neil, while you're doing it. Yes. Yeah, Neil, while you're doing it. Do it in church. Make it really painful. Sneak. Have a challenge where you bring Neil before Zod in church. Like, hide it in, like, one of the Bibles. And when you're kneeling, you open your Bible, make it look like you're reading the Bible, but you're reading a comic book. That means you're really a part of the Church of Zod. Yes. Um, So, you know. All right, Adam, great having you on. And uh, everyone, I'll see you next time. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com. Our Twitter, at lskpodcast. Our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And last but not least, thank you everyone for listening.